0: So that concludes 20 minutes of silent meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in a semi-guided third step prayer. I'm going to do the prayer one breath at a time. And in between each breath of the prayer, I'm going to take a few extra breaths and try to feel out what the prayer is asking me to do or not do in that moment or in that line of the prayer. So I breathe in the first line of the prayer, which to me is the word God. So I breathe in God. And I feel like that is a calling out to or a attempt to reach make contact with this thing that I call God, higher power, infinite intelligence. And so I take a few breaths and I try to connect with that spirit that's inside of me that we call God or higher power. I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I think about my commitment to that line. Am I offering myself to God today? Am I open to that idea? How open am I? Breathe in the next line of the prayer. To build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths and I think about what God might want to build with or do with me today. Breathe out the next line of the prayer. Relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths and I like to think about what it might feel like or sound like or be like. If my whole story was removed, everything I knew up until this moment, all of my old ideas, all of my opinions, breathe in the next line of the prayer, that I may better do thy will. And I take a few breaths, and I think about what God's will might be for me, and how I might better do that without my story. Without my old ideas, without any of my input. And I breathe out the next line of the prayer Take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths. And I think about today, so far, what have been my difficulties? What would I like to have taken? What would I like to have had a do-over with? And I breathe in the next line of the prayer, that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And i like to take a few breaths and think about the people I might come in contact with and how their lives might be affected if I had my difficulties removed and the bondage of self taken away and I was able to be an example of God's will and God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer, may I do thy will, always. <sighs> Whenever you're ready, gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to become aware of the seeing that's happening. just being aware that I'm seeing. It's amazing. I almost never remember to do that when my eyes open. I just take it for granted that my eyes see. So I like to practice a little gratitude for eyes, for seeing without a story about what I'm seeing, just seeing. Because God says I can. So this is where I want to be. I want to be here. Right here. Right now. Sitting in this chair. With a quiet mind. With an open heart. With a loving spirit with gratitude, with no agenda, with nowhere to get to and nothing to do. All that's required of me right now is that I sit in this chair and I breathe in and I breathe out. And I allow myself to, to, to relax into this moment being exactly the way it's supposed to be right now. So as an alcoholic with alcoholism, I have the delusion, the lie that I tell myself is that one day, not today, but one day I'm going to rest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if I only manage well. And so Managing well means showing up at this meeting, reading the book, learning some new material, trying to get something added to my life today so that tomorrow I could be happier. But there is no tomorrow, there is no happier, there is nowhere to go. This is it, this moment right now, this is the one. With prayer and meditation, this is the moment that I could improve my conscious contact with my higher power right now. This is the moment that I could be 100% okay in this moment, healed. 100% healed of alcoholism because my attention is not with the disease, it's with my higher power. So we've started a kind of a book study journey. We're reading the Tebow papers and it's all very exciting. And it's and some of this information will be new to you and to your ego. Uh, and your ego is going to get all excited about the delusion that one day it's going to rest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if it only learns this stuff well. <laughs> and then one day in the future, you'll practice it. But... What's needed is for me to be here now. I'm gonna do some reading. If I wasn't reading, I would be asking my higher power to help me hear what's being read. Uh, If you wanna follow along in the book, you can follow along in the book. Uh, It's just words. It's important that I am shown who I am as a character. And this book shows me who I am to a very deep extent. But learning this doesn't change my character. It's just a pointer. The whole purpose of all of this reading and all of this steps and all of this work is to improve my conscious contact with God. And that really only happens through prayer and meditation. But we're going to do some reading. I believe we're on understanding acceptance, right? That's where we left off. Somebody nod. Yes. Thanks, Anne. Okay. So understanding acceptance. In the last paragraphs, the word accept and acceptance are each used three times. I saw at the time that surrender leads to acceptance. What I failed to see and emphasize was, oh, this I'm reading in the eye, but it's the eye of uh, Silkworth. What I failed to see and emphasize was the very important relationship between surrender and the capacity for acceptance. I propose therefore first to consider acceptance as a human capacity and second to discuss the blocks to the development of acceptance. The importance of acceptance is widely recognized, although often only by indirection. Sometimes the necessity for acceptance is bluntly stated, as in Grayson's recent article on the role of acceptance in physical rehabilitation. Grayson reports his discovery that the individual who needs rehabilitation remains a poor prospect until he finally accepts his need for the rehabilitating procedures. More often. The concept of acceptance is dragged in by the heels with little or no recognition that acceptance itself is a major psychological step. Two recent illustrations are worthy of mention. In in a summarizing article on Alcoholics Anonymous in the Connecticut Review on Alcoholism, the following statement appears. He does not have to fight against ideas which come from this group. He can accept them. Thus, the idea that he is an alcoholic is acceptable when coming from this group. The need to avoid the first drink is accepted. Certainly, the need for acceptance is unequivocally stated, and the following statement is from Kuby's book, The Man Who is Normal Can Accept the Guidance of Reason, Reality, and Common Sense. The word accept is scattered throughout the pages of the book, but the question of acceptance is never raised, as if it were something that needs no discussion. So, okay, so some of, some of you are new, not new to this meeting, but new to the Tebow paper. So Tebow was a psychiatrist who studied Alcoholics Anonymous from the very beginning, from the manuscript. And he studied us, and he's one of the guys that came up with the idea that we are uh, childish and in, immature and can't accept reality. And so this this is a paper we're reading called Surrender Versus Compliance. And it's about surrender and compliance. And when I read this, when it was read to me like I'm reading it with you right now, uh, uh, it had a profound effect on my recovery. So I'm gonna keep reading. The first of the Alcoholics Anonymous 12 Steps reads, I admitted I'm powerless over alcohol, that my life has become unmanageable. The second word is admitted, which in many ways is a blood brother of acceptance. Although many an AA meeting has been devoted to quibbling about the difference between admit and accept, time and again slips are explained on the basis that one who slips has not truly accepted his alcoholism. I'm not going to get into the argument about admit and accept, but admit is uh, what I've heard that makes the most sense to me is that admitting uh, is, admitting is, um, admitting is acceptance with a little reluctance. Like I'll admit it because you forced me to. Acceptance is a wholehearted, yes, this is who I am. The word accept thus appears quite regularly in speech and writing, but never is there much discussion of how acceptance comes about. The usual explanation is that if the doctor is accepting, the patient will be so too. If, in, the, in case of failure, the therapist is held responsible, just as parents are for their children. To suppose that acceptance is caught by contagion is a pretty thought. It is not, however, likely to stimulate much understanding of individual psychodynamics. It's not enough merely to point the finger elsewhere. So I can't blame you for my lack of acceptance, and I can't blame my sponsor for my lack of acceptance, and I can't blame my parents for my lack of acceptance, and I can't blame society for my lack of acceptance. There is need, therefore, to discuss the dynamics of acceptance in the individual. Acceptance to be, appears to be a state of mind in which the individual accepts rather than rejects or resists. I am able to take things in, to go along with, to cooperate, to be receptive. Contrarywise, I am not argumentative, quarrelsome, irritable, or contentious. For the time being, at any rate, the hostile, negative, aggressive elements are in abeyance, and I, have a much pleasanter human, and I am a much pleasanter human being to deal with. Acceptance as a state of mind has many highly admirable qualities as well as useful ones. Some measure of it is greatly to be desired. Its attainment as an inner state of mind is never easy. So, I just need to look at me on a daily basis. How how open am I to taking things in as they are, to go along with things as they are right now, to cooperate with the universe right now instead of argue, and to be receptive to what is, as opposed to, am I being argumentative, quarrelsome? irritable or contentious and hostile and negative and aggressive <laughs> so those are the alcoholism side and the what it looks like if I if I have a little acceptance a little surrender it is no it is necessary to point out that no one can tell himself or force himself it's that I that I can't tell myself or force myself wholeheartedly to accept anything. That's compliance. But we'll read more about that later. I must have a feeling of conviction. Otherwise, the acceptance is not wholehearted but half-hearted with a large element of lip service. I'm going along with, but I don't like it. There is a string of words that describe half-hearted acceptance, submission, resignation, yielding, compliance, acknowledgement, concession, and so forth. With each of these words, there is a feeling of reservation, a tug in the direction of non-acceptance. I'll go along, but I don't like it. Most people regard non acceptance as a sign of willful refusal. This bypasses all current knowledge of the unconscious element in resistance and willpower. Others, better informed about these attributes, avoid the use of such a phrase as willful refusal. They know that it is largely unconscious attitudes and feelings that determine the conscious thinking, and hence do not support the resistance that resistance can be given up by an act of will on the part of the conscious mind. So surrender is not a conscious experience. You cannot surrender. I hear a lot, especially around the, in the London meetings, people talking about this idea of I'm handing this, I've handed it over to God. I'm handing it over to God as if I'm letting go of it and, and giving it to God. But that's not, God doesn't need it to be handed to it. I need to surrender that it needs to be different. I don't hand anything over to God. I accept, The thing as it is right now. I allow myself to surrender into the acceptance of maybe this is the way it's supposed to be. So I'm not handing it over to God to fix anything. Because that would make me God. And me having the idea that this is wrong and that it should be handed over that I'll hand it over to God to fix it, but I, that doesn't mean I accept it. And, and that's my take on that. You might have your own take, and I could be completely wrong, and I'm not talking for you or why you say it. I'm just saying that when I hear that expression, uh, I'm handing it over, I always think, what are, "What? are you handing over your resistance, or are you handing over the idea that this is wrong and that God should change it? I, I'm not exactly sure for myself how to hand things over i can only i can only see that i am in resistance of what is i'm in resistance and i need to have some acceptance but i can't will it i can become willing but i can't tell myself to accept anything and accept it. I can't, if I could, I would not be an Alcoholics Anonymous. I would just accept things and life would be wonderful. Because the truth of the matter is, is that right now, right here, right now, in this moment, life is wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. In this moment, right now, I'm looking at those of you that I can see. I don't see anybody attacking you. I don't see any lack of anything right now in your life that that is preventing you from being present in this moment. I don't see it. It might be happening. But if it is happening, it's happening in your mind because it's not happening on the screen. So... We're just going to do this, I guess, one section at a time. If you read too much, it gets too crazy. So I'm going to stop reading. I'm going. To, we're going to open this up. If anything came to you out of this reading, any ideas, any resistance, any uh, any uh, any argument, anything you want to talk about, uh, the meeting's open now for you to talk about whatever you want. And I'm going to ask my higher power to help me listen as a prayer, as a meditation on what you're talking about. So that I could remain present in this moment, because that's what I have to do if I'm going to be here. Uh, so if you'd like to share, raise your hand. If you do share, I'm recording this, we're recording this, and we're making it available on, on a Spotify account, so if you if you wanted to hear this again, or you wanted to share it with somebody, you could, And uh, so, but if you do share, you will be recorded, just so you know. Okay, thank you, and Dolly, you're up. You're up. You're good now.
1: I'm good? Can yep. you hear me? Hi, everybody. I'm Dolly. I'm an alcoholic. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Randy. I I had to get my hand up first because the, the last thing that you just said about this the phrase, I'm handing it over to God. This is the very thing that I won't say prevented, but I think my inability to understand that phrase kept me from being able to make a spiritual, a true spiritual connection for 20 of the 21 years that I've been sober in AA. And because in New York, I don't know what they say in LA, but in New York, in the meetings, they always say, hand it over to your higher power. No, I'm sorry, turn it over. Everyone says, I'm turning it. I'm having this, but I turned it over to my higher power. Now I feel fine. And for low those 20 years, I thought to myself, what the heck are they talking about? What does that mean? Is it taking a piece of paper and turning it over? Is it, what are they turning over? I, I did not understand it. And it really prevented me from getting to step six. Um, And I've mentioned in this meeting before that when I was in crisis two summers ago and I, uh, I turned to a new sponsor and with what I was going through, which was contemplation of suicide, she said, let's work on step six. Read step six and let's talk about it. And I went to the 12 and 12 and I did not understand a single word of step six after 20 years. And this whole, the concept that you introduced to me here, Randy, of, you know, I can drink, I have choices. I could drink, I can kill myself, or I could turn, I could turn upward to God and understand that everything right now is the way it's supposed to be in his universe or you say in its universe in the universe that the power has created that's the that's the calming influence knowing that I don't have to change it I don't have to kill myself I don't have to drink it's all okay it's all the way it's supposed to be right now And um, thank you for pointing that out, handing it over, turning it over. Maybe I'm the only person in the world that tripped over that, but it really bollocks me up. So um, if if you've had this experience, I would say think of it as turning upward, turning to your higher power rather than turning something over, which is doesn't make sense to me. Thank you.
0: Thanks, darling. Beautiful, Georgie. Did I not on? Un- can you hear me? Yes.
2: Hi, I'm Georgie alcoholic. Oh That's my welcome. god! Thank you so much, and and to you and to Dolly as well. Um, that was mind blowing. <laughs> um, yeah, we do say hand it over a lot here in in London, uh, and. I uh, I really liked it at first because I thought that I could just be lazy and not do anything and just be like, oh, God, I'll sort it out, whatever. But um, I get it now that it's, it's more about what's on page 417, isn't it? Like everything is exactly as it should be now. And as soon as you said it, it being about acceptance, like my – self part was like really resistant to that and was just like no but everything's shit <laughs> and um uh, and it's not you're right you reminded me i have everything i need right now to be okay and i had an extremely noisy meditation and it it made me feel like a failure um and i was just thinking the whole time like why can't you turn your brain off you've done it before why can't you do it now and all this and uh, and then I just realized like just roll with the punches you know it is, it is how it is right now and maybe tomorrow I'll have a quiet meditation um, but yeah you gave me a lot to think about today so thank you very much
0: thanks Georgie okay 1204, no hands are raised. <clears throat> I could read some more. We could, you want to read some more? <laughs> oh, Laura's got her hand up. Okay. Hi,
1: Laura,
3: alcoholic. Hi, Laura. I
4: have a question. Okay. Um In the turning it over, there is a concept about, so you're not obsessing over it, to let it go first and give it to God, and then you might get a new answer. So there is that kind of turning over, right? Or am I misunderstanding that? Thank you.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I have no monopoly on how to work this program, none whatsoever. I have no idea. What works for you is if it's working, do it the way that it's working. For me, for me, uh, if I have an argument about what is, I cannot turn that off. It's an argument. It's what, it's, and if I think it should be different, then there's, therein lies the problem. Because I am the one who's playing God, and I'm not in acceptance. I'm in change this, and change this, and I'll allow you to be my God. <laughs> Make this work in my favor, and I will call you God. And I will tell everybody how good you are uh Leslie it's a little slow today. are you there, Leslie? I have to find you now. see if I didn't unmute you. Here you go. Can you unmute now uh, there you go
5: i'm leslie and i'm an alcoholic I, I don't i I don't have a question, but I have a um uh, conundrum. I have a, a frustration, I guess I would say, in that I I have had periods where I know this works. I know it does. It has worked for me. But what I don't understand is, I, I I guess I guess it's the big me wants perfection all the time. I don't understand why. I keep going back to that. My life is so perfect, and yet I keep going back in my head to it's not enough, I, you know, whatever. and um, And that's my alcoholism. I know that. And I guess I just have to get uncomfortable enough with that to turn. I don't want to say this turn it over again <laughs> to ask God to help me. Um I have in the last several weeks made a made a, a commitment to do this frequently on a daily basis and it's worked it's worked like magic. But just let me let my, just let me forget for an hour, or let my guard down, or I don't know. I, and then those, all those bad messages keep coming back into my mind, and um, you know, I, I guess I don't like the the term mental illness, but I really have mental illness because I feel like I don't have much control over my mind. I don't have, I, I can't do it. Like you said in the beginning, this surrender is not something you can do. Does that make any sense at all to you? 100%.
0: It it doesn't to me. So so we think, like, I have the delusion that one day I'm going to get better. And the truth is, is that I have alcoholism. And it never goes away. And it doesn't get better. It gets smarter over time. It's growing. It's progressive. The mental illness is progressive, just like the recovery is. My God is bigger than my disease, that's for sure, because every time that I will stop and turn, uh, it says it in the big, in the big book, it says, uh, I'm going to just read it because I'll make it up and that'll, that'll ruin it.
5: This is on page
0: 60, no, it's right? on No, this is on page 80, 86. Books over there. It says, I am often surprised how the right answer comes after I have tried this for a while. Sometimes a while is a second, and sometimes a while is all afternoon, but it generally doesn't take that long once I'm willing to turn. But I have to stop. I stop and I pause and I ask God for inspiration. I ask God for an intuitive thought or a decision. I relax and I take it easy. I don't struggle. And I'm often surprised how the right answer comes after I have tried this for a while. But I'm also often surprised how alcoholism works its way back in, in between a prayer, in between two lines in a prayer, and says, no, no, you need this. If you had this, then you'd be happy. And I believe it, again, in the middle of a prayer. And I, and so that's, that's why I'm 33 years sober and I'm at this meeting today, because I have to be reminded every, I have to be reminded that God could and would if it were sought, because I keep defaulting to Randy can and will He just has to beat the living bejesus out of you to get what he wants. (laughs) I default to that. So I have to be reminded. I have to be reminded. Thank you for reminding me. I have alcoholism. It's never going away. It has to be treated in this moment. Doesn't matter if I got up this morning and read 60 to 63 this morning. That's only to get me into the into the mode in the morning to crush the ego in the morning. Right now, it has to be crushed. And right now, and right now, and it does not like it. Scott? Thank you so
3: much, Randy. Scott, definitely an alcoholic. Um, Is it natural to go through waves or degrees of the ability to turn? Um, I definitely cannot be 100% uh, turning it over, i.e., London, or. Um, and, and I find life gets in the way, and I'll go three, five, seven days, then I realize I'm nowhere near 70% or 80%. And I've got to reel it back in. Um, How do you become more consistent and still live a life?
0: (laughs) These are the greatest. This is why I love reading through the book again, because these are the greatest questions on the planet. And the the question, uh, there's no answer to that question. The, the answer is the answer is is that you can't get better at this no. you're never gonna get better at turning you're only gonna get you you can only do it right now and you can only do it a hundred percent right now. There are no half measures I'm either a hundred percent in the relationship with my higher power. Or I'm hundred percent in the relationship with self. Maybe making deals with God, but not in a relationship with it. See, I think that when I think when I'm praying that I'm with God, but most of my prayers are God make this turn into a Porsche Macan somehow. I, I don't. It doesn't <laughs> sound like that exactly, but but it's worked this out so I can have the things that I want later. So. It's, it's just amazing. We can never, you can't do this later. You can't do it always. You don't need to, you're never gonna do it always. You're only, 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 only asked to do it now. God, it asks so little of us. Just be willing right now. God, could you be with me? Could you help me? I'm filled with fear. I'm afraid. I need your help. When I get fearful, I attack because I think I can protect me by attacking you because I'm afraid that you're gonna attack me. And that's all it is all the time. That's all I'm doing is just attacking everybody and everything. But right now there's nothing to attack. There's no need, there's nothing to do, but just be present. Oh, Oh, I I can relax, I can take it easy. I don't have to struggle in this moment. I can sit here and wait for the right answer to come. I don't wanna do that, but I could. Karen
4: hi everybody I'm Karen I'm an alcoholic
0: hi, Karen. great
4: shares Randy you said something today that just blew me away I think it's gonna help me tremendously and you use the My word hair. resistance resistance and I feel for the first time like um, it, it it's a piece that I never fully integrated or heard of um, and understood in a way that I'm thinking about now. Like the resistance may come in before the Porsche, you know, comes into my mind. For me, it's not a Porsche, but the way you talk about it. So that I could be present for being in my here and now, Um, before the pause, before the whatever. It's like, if I could get acknowledged, Karen, you're going into resistance, then maybe I can have a chance to align myself with my higher power in my here and now with that belly barometer that would be able to scream resistance, resistance is coming in because that's where the acceptance is for me, for this alcoholic. Because there's no doubt in my mind that the two R's, resistance, aligned itself to my resentments, baby. And that's what gets this alcoholic going with her ism. And I never heard it. Resistance. Thank you so much. This really helped me.
0: Thanks. Carol. Thank you. Awesome. Annie.
6: Hi, thank you. Annie Alcoholic. Um, Hi. um I can't talk for everybody in, in London as to what exactly they mean by turning it over or handing it over. I know when I'm in that situation, what I'm handing over is this kind of mental fog that I'm in. And I'm asking for guidance and I'm saying I've done it again. I'm mm-hmm. angry, I'm hostile. It's the same old situation that I find myself in. What am I doing wrong here? Can you show me something? Can you just let me get a bit of light on this so I can mm. see what I'm doing? And I have to keep doing that until I have a kind of light bulb moment, if, if you like. And I also have to keep ruminating on the fact that if I want to get away from the situation, I've got to stop the fighting. I've got to just be at peace, to let the thought, whatever it is, come in. However unpleasant that is, because it usually involves a climb down for me for having to go back and make an amendment to somebody, which I don't want to do, because I think I'm right. Uh, So it takes a bit of time for the penny to drop, you know? But by turning it over, Um, Keep turning it over is my kind of steps, if you like, in acceptance. I don't go from one to hundred immediately. I go up, I go in increments, uh, and my alcoholism is fighting me every step of the way. Um, But I do it, hopefully. Sometimes it takes me a long time, but that's what I mean by turning it over. I don't expect a solution from a higher power. The solution can only come from me. And it, it's usually in the form of an amendment, mm. um, and my, it's all my resistance, my increments about the are about my resi- my resistance to admitting that I got it wrong yet again. Mm. So that's 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 what I mean. That's that's how I view turning it over and handing it over. Uh, and I'm in such a situation at the the minute. I end up having an argument about a week ago. It's still with me. Every time I see that the, the, the person, I think, oops, I'm gonna to have to go back there and say sorry about this, you know, that it wasn't my place to say what I said. Um and I'm coming to that, you know, by increments. And that's the best I can do. If you like if I could go from one to hundred and totally accept things and say, Yes, I understand that and I'm really heartily sorry, I would do that, but I can't. My alcoholism is simply too small, so it's too, too strong, so I have to do it in increments. And part of that is it's just this continuation, talking to my higher power, because I get strength and encouragement and think, yes, yes, this is the way forward. This is the way forward for me, not all the fighting and bad feeling. This is the way forward. This is the way to, to make peace with them and just go on my merry way. So thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Annie. Uh, Anastasia.
7: Uh, Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, cool to hop on the meeting and hear about step three. Um,
0: You're muted. You muted yourself. Let me see if I can unmute you again.
7: I'm back. Um, uh, Yesterday I went for a walk and occasionally I'm having um, good experiences of doing what I call a gratitude walk at the beginning of the day. And there was something on my mind. I had a decision to make and um, the thing I had a decision to make um, just linked into a, just had a lot of, it was a loaded, loaded decision in a lot of ways. So um, I went for a walk and, um, you know, the way I used the third step on that walk, I was like, oh, okay, well, I think I need to put my focus somewhere else. Um, and then just let whatever answer comes to me later, but I, I'm not going to get to that answer by thinking about this thing. Cause it's kind of triggering me. Um, so I thought about the past year and, um, how, uh, Certain situations turned out okay after a period of struggle, um, and how eventually either the help came or the shift happened, or maybe at a few months where my fatigue was lifted. Um, maybe I was kind of like not having a lot of energy for six months, but then six months later, I'm then able to like ride a bike for 17 miles. Like, I just started to review the past year and kind of like to regulate my system. Cause a lot of times for me, like using the third step is kind of like letting go of the worry. Cause I can be so addicted to like the adrenaline of suffering, (laughs) you know, alcoholism's like, Ooh, worry. Or like, Oh yeah, that was messed up. Or like, you're about to do this, but you know, you just might want to think about, and then it's this black cloud. Um, So it helps me to also review things that are also true about life and my experience that aren't like that, but it's not so much like to force the negative thing to stop. Like I can either use recovery as a way to be like, Oh, let me just kind of review some things that were actually okay this past year. And what's lovely about this walk and the sun and having a body that moves Um, it can be a good time to pray, you know, for people that aren't able to walk, you know, pray that they may get release in their own way, have mobility in their thoughts or other areas of their life. And it's not so much, I could come from a place that's either like, have some gratitude because I got to have gratitude to smash this worry or like, I just, these other things turned out okay, Anastasia, can't you get it in your head, but that's alcoholism taking my recovery and getting at me in the name of recovery so it's really important for me to like talk to myself in a gentle way not to fix manage and control my worry but just because it's a nice thing to do you know it's just like it's just something a kind way to to do something different and in that i find you know a, a form of turning it over but it's not the only thing you know so as i'm going on this walk um, I realize I'm like, I think I'm needing some outside help with some things. You know, the, the steps are great, and I, I'm working them again right now, and um, I feel like there's something happening for me, and I do a lot of wonderful things for my recovery and my life, and I'm like, ah, I wonder if I should try this certain type of therapy. I've been having a hard time finding a suitable therapist for six months. This resources are very full right now. I'm happy for everyone that they're seeking, seeking uh, mental health services. That um, it lets me know like, oh, I'm not alone. You know, like there's like this need in the world right now. It's great that everyone is not just losing their shit, but trying to do something about it. That's exciting. you, like, Who knows? I can be a really great results a year from now or six months from now for the world. And um, so as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, yeah. And then I just kept on walking. I felt really clear Then I look at my phone and it's a therapist, like available for this particular kind of like EMDR therapy. And um, I'm like, well, that was interesting. So it's like sometimes that third step is just slowing down and letting things happen. So the thing I was thinking about originally, I still didn't have the answer to, but I at least feel a little bit better because I got distance in a way that was like, Calming for myself, so for me, it's important to watch out for alcoholism getting in there and trying to like smash it. So you know, it's just part of being human to like <clears throat> practice these things. I think so. I'm, I'm glad to be here and, and hear you guys uh, talk about it. Thanks, Anastasia.
0: Thank you Thanks. All right, it's twelve twenty-five. We got five minutes. Yes, Colin.
8: Hi, Randy. I'm okay. Colin. I'm an addict. i um, an alcoholic. I wasn't going to raise my hand, but I saw there were no hands raised, and uh, and you've referred to what we talk about in London when we talk about handing it over. So I thought I'll throw in my top and take this one. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think we do, Randy, sometimes say in meetings that when we have problems, we talk about handing them over. And, and I've wondered too what people mean by that because I think sometimes sometimes what's meant is that I'm going to spiritually bypass this problem. I'm going to hand the problem over to God. It's no longer my responsibility. You know, it's like they're taking a, a complete abrogation of any responsibility to take action or to make a decision by giving the problem to God. And then they can sit back, smile, and go, not my problem, God's problem. And I think that's wrong. I, I really liked, well, it's wrong for me anyway. I think I really liked what Annie said um, when she talked about turning over a problem in order to receive guidance. And, And you said something that really hit the nail on the head. You said, God is bigger than my beliefs. And that's what it's about for me. It's about if I have a problem, if I have an issue that's troubling me, and I can't trust my thinking on it because my thinking Factoring in all of these things that self wants, all of these things that self believes. It's factoring in my story. It's factoring in what I think I know. And it's giving me a solution that doesn't marry with the God of my understanding, with what I believe to be the God of my understanding. Turning it over for me is learning to trust, not my thinking but God, because God is much bigger than my thinking. My thinking can be in error. My God is never in error. Yeah. Only I can be in error. So, you know, it, actually a story came to me that kind of, because I'm not really good at explaining myself, but, and I'm not a Christian, but there's a story from the Bible that came to me that I think really illustrates what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> and it's the story of, um, The Good Samaritan, which I'm sure many people have heard. When Jesus was asked by someone, um, how do I love my neighbor? You know, because love thy neighbor and receive eternal life. How do I love my neighbor? Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. And the story in a nutshell is, two Jesuit priests or a Jesuit priest and a temple assistant walking down the road see a man who's been robbed and beaten, lying in the gutter. And they walk past because they can't help him. And the reason they can't help him is they're maintaining their spiritual purity for temple. So they cannot involve themselves with this, with this man who's beaten in the gutter. And the Samaritan comes by, and the Samaritans were seen as the bad people in the Bible. You know, they were at odds with the Jews. And the Samaritan comes by and helps the man, takes him to a hostel, pays for him to be clothed and fed, pays his medical bills and leaves. And Jesus then says, which of these two was loving his neighbor? And the story illustrates the importance of God and the practice of these principles of love and compassion are much more important than what we believe and what our thinking tells us. So, yeah. So for me, turning it over is looking to God and trusting God and trusting my spirit life, my spiritual life more than I trust my thinking Mm -hmm. to make decisions when I have a problem. That's that's my take on it. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Thank you for letting me share, Randy. Nice. Lovely to be here.
0: Thanks, Colin. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. I I hope I didn't stir up controversy. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you all so much. This is so amazing that I get to go through this book again with a group of people like yourselves to, to study this and, and keep going deeper into the awareness of, of the problem and the awareness of the solution. So... That's why I'm here. I'm here because I need to be in this book and I will not do it on my own. I'll do it with you but I won't do it by myself. Uh, so I appreciate you and uh, we'll do it again next Saturday and uh, I think that's it. It's twelve thirty-one. so I will unmute everybody. I'll, I'll allow you to unmute yourselves actually and then we'll have a moment of silence and We'll do the Serenity prayer together.
5: <laughs> God. God. God
7: the sovereignty
5: to accept things I cannot change. 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 I, can. I, can. And I and
0: to to know the, and so the
5: wisdom to know the difference. I will not, I will not mind, mind. being done.
0: Andy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
7: you. Thank you.